Welcome, friends, to the Someone Gets Me podcast. I am your host, Diane Allen, and I am so delighted that you're here. This podcast was created because I believe there is a visionary leader inside each one of us who is waiting to be seen. In each episode of Someone Gets Me, you will hear useful tips from successful visionaries who will share their stories about how being seen has allowed them to take their vision out into the world with action. Struggles of highly intelligent people. Oh boy, do we have challenges here in the world, those of us who are highly intelligent. Sometimes we're called gifted, and sometimes we're called geeky, and all different other kinds of words. I've been called lots of words for being as smart as I am. In fact, I even know people who've been chastised because they've been told nobody wants a smarty pants. In fact, I just helped somebody who is in their 60s, who was raised by people who said nobody likes a smarty pants, and he's played small his whole life and is grieving 60 years of, in his mind, living a lie because nobody likes a smarty pants. We live in a society that is very judgmental and can often do a lot of damage based on intelligence or lack thereof. And so there's real struggles being intelligent. We have different processing speeds. Some people slow, some people fast. I have one client who did not speak his first words until he was five years old. And then I guess they couldn't shut him up because he still talks all the time. But they thought there was something wrong with him. But really there was something right with him. His IQ was so high. You know the stories. What about Einstein, right? Einstein used his intuition and his intelligence. Pretty cool dude there, right? Or Tesla, how about Tesla, right? So intelligent people can get made fun of, get chastised, even get killed for being smart. Then there are the situations of being ostracized or siloed away or not included or misunderstood. So when we live in a society that is insensitive to the sensitivity of an intelligent person, navigating this insensitive world becomes very tricky at times. Because the truth is, if the people around us aren't reflecting back to us our beauty, especially when we're little, it's hard to realize how beautiful we are and what to do with our intelligence. I didn't know what to do with my intelligence until well, until well into my 20s and probably didn't really have it figured out till I was in my 40s because it was just expected that I was smart and that I would go to college and go to graduate school is all expected. And then I woke up one day and realized that just because I'm intelligent, that's not all there is to me. So no intelligent, smart person is one-sided, but yet they get looked at that way. And then I think about all the men that I know, personally and professionally. Every single one of them who's really smart has been so over-rewarded for their intelligence and marginalized for their intuition or their spiritual ability or their emotional connection or their deep empathy for the world to the point where some of them have suffered great depression and addiction problems because if they couldn't only be that one smart person 
and they had to shut down all the other parts of their beauty. They were living such a sad life inside, that silent pain, that they had to find a way to medicate it. So the struggles for intelligent people really happen all the time. I had somebody I was speaking to just the other day who was sobbing, wondering if being intelligent or gifted or smart was like a cult or something. Because as an intelligent man, he was seduced into a cult many, many years ago and had to get out of it and all of that. Because smart people are the targets of people who run cults. Because if I can get you, smarty pants, to question yourself or doubt yourself, then I can control you. So if I can get you to live only in the intellectual realm, then I can manipulate you easier than anyone else. So it really is a challenge being very intelligent. And what about hearing the phrase, you're smarter than that when you make a mistake? Or, well, that's great, you made an A, where's the A plus? Or my good friend getting out of law school and the whole family was waiting for the next thing, you know, being a judge or whatever, and couldn't even enjoy the moment of that one success. All of these combine for intelligent people to be really challenged. Then there's social connections, friends, peers. I have one client of mine, oh, he's such a gentle soul, he's so beautiful that he was giving gifts to some of his female friends based on some of the things they said and he totally misread the social cue and it embarrassed him and he got more depressed until he really realized that not everybody sees the world the way he does. Fortunately, he's worked with it. He's worked with it and now he's doing really well. But it's easy when you're intelligent to miss the cue socially or to take somebody for their literal word when maybe that's not what they meant. It's very, very difficult. Then there's the whole not being understood part. Kind of feeling alone in the world, right? But worse than that is being misunderstood when you take the risk to be you and it's, they totally miss it and they misunderstand you. They misunderstand your intensity for anger or your passion for being manic or something's wrong with you, or your sensitivity to taste or sound or smell as being over the top. Or like for me with my emotional intensity and my intelligence with that, my mom used to say when I was a little girl, your bladder's too close to your eyes because I would weep when I saw something that was sad and I would mentally try to fix it, find a way to fix it. They were usually big existential problems that a six-year-old, a five-year-old can't by themselves fix. So we learn all through our lives that sometimes being intelligent needs to be hidden or we're weird or it doesn't fit. Well, we don't fit with a normal. That's true. Do we need to hide? I don't think so. You know, I tried it once. I tried to be um, normal. I made it about five minutes and, and it all blew up. I couldn't do it. And so I suffered with a lot of loneliness and depression because I couldn't really connect with other people on, in that level. And I didn't even know it was my intelligence that was doing it at the time. I see it now, but I didn't see it then. 
And then I see, I have a friend of mine and he's, he's really, really cool. He's really smart and he's really sensitive. And, you know, he was dating this girl who was really loving his intelligence. But when he showed any other part of himself, his spiritual connection or his emotions or his passion for things in life, then that turned her off. She just wanted him to be like a brain, a head with, you know, I guess no feeling in his body. It was kind of weird. And so it's really difficult sometimes to manage our relationships or meet new people and bring all of our intelligence to the table when we're really not sure how it's going to get received. So the biggest thing I've learned is I have to learn how to receive my own intelligence with pure goodness and compassion and joy first. So your job is to take your intelligence that's not only cognitive intelligence, but we have emotional intelligence and spiritual intelligence, right? And begin to make friends with yourself. Make friends with yourself on those deep levels that you are perfect exactly as you are. All of your geeky intelligence, all of your fun, all of your quirkiness combined with your seriousness and your passion and your focus and your dedication. Because it's that self-compassion that will really set you apart. That self-compassion will allow you to have more compassion for others. That self-compassion will be the catalyst, if you will, so that you can keep moving in the direction you desire. Because the struggles of intelligent people, <laughs> they're real. They don't go away as we get older. People thought, I've heard many of my clients say, well, I thought as I got older, it would kind of go away. It doesn't go away. We just learn how to navigate it differently and we learn how to choose wisely our interactions and who we're around and what we expect out of the situation. So if I'm going to be in a situation where not everybody has equal intelligences in whatever arenas, then I need to make sure that I'm not expecting something different than what is possible or what is happening. So I've learned to be open-minded and receptive and allowing myself to feel things land on me and feel into my friendships, my relationships, my work, my world, my life, and use all of my intelligences in whatever way matches how it's landing on me. Because I've learned that pushing through and forcing through and trying to make things be a certain way and being very rigid and perfectionistic works against me. That pushing, resistant way of being doesn't serve you. It doesn't serve me. It doesn't serve any of us. What serves us instead is to be compassionate and know if you're an empath that you're going to feel more deeply than people who are not because you're made that way and you're perfect and so are they. There's no blame. And... You also get to have your cognitive intelligence and your emotional intelligence because emotional intelligence is actually one of the most sought after traits. Yet people say they want emotional intelligence, but they're really not sure how to do it. But we know because we're intelligent. So you see the struggles are real, but so are the ways to walk through this world that can be very insensitive and take less hits 
you know, less gut punches, less time where we're crying or upset or wondering what's wrong. We can really up-level our own experience here by understanding that yes, yes, it's struggle sometimes and it's totally worth it. And we, all of us, are exactly the way we're meant to be. So my intelligence, your intelligence, and how it shows up in our mind, in our heart, and in our soul is a unique combination for each person. And when we bring those puzzle pieces together, life becomes totally magical and amazing. And then those struggles become the stepping stones for more greatness and fun and fulfillment and joy and satisfaction. So we can turn what begins out and starts as this difficulty, as this wall, as this static, and we can throw it at our feet and use it as stepping stones to really have a life more magical and more amazing than we could ever, ever conceive in the beginning. So it's walking through the struggle, being in the struggle and knowing that there is a way to use the struggle in our favor that sets us apart from people who get stuck and stay in the dark mire quicksand stuff. We don't want to be there. We want to be the people who say, huh, that struggle can serve me for the good. That struggle because of my intelligence can set me apart in a positive, great, amazing way. That struggle where I'm emotionally really sensitive can allow me to have such increased compassion that it serves myself and others in ways I can't even see yet. Oh, and that spiritual intelligence that gets misunderstood by so many people, hmm, that can set my intuition so far ahead that I can create things more amazing than I can ever comprehend right now. So let's turn our struggles into that magic carpet that allows us to move forward and step into who we are as a way of being, as a way of kindness, compassion, and love. Because that is the solution, right? That's the way we want to be. That's what the world is yearning for. And we, my friends, are the ones here to bring that new world forward. So join me in using your struggles for something grand. Remember, all things work together for the good. So until next time, I see you. Be well. Thank you for listening. I trust you gained some valuable inspiration and information. Please join me and other visionaries in the Someone Gets Me Facebook group. Or for more information on my services and additional episodes, visit someonegetsme.com. Again, thanks for listening.